Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation as usual as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Right, here we go. What you think about Hello and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. If you enjoyed our opening music called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. And they are donating um, proceeds to Alzheimer's Speaks. So you're kind of double dutying that. For those of you that are new to our show, because we're always getting new listeners, uh, just a, a brief note. We're about sound information, not sound bites. We really like to have a meaty, authentic conversation about, about a variety of things that um, have to do with dementia and caregiving. And our goal is really to raise all voices, big and small, from those diagnosed to those that care for them, those that serve them, advocates, researchers, and more. So you can join the conversation today by calling in at 323 323- Eight seven zero four six zero two. That's three two three eight seven zero four six zero two. And I also want to thank all our listeners. You see your likes, your clicks, and your shares on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and all all the many other platforms out there have really made a difference in pushing our content out because. Uh, it really does help people. There are so many people in our own spheres we don't know that are dealing with this, and it makes it normal and easier for people to grab it when they need it. It also helps us build a sense of community and collaborate with others and just feel feel part of something, part of a movement. And I know that we can win this battle together. So, again, thank you so much. Now, we do have a special show coming up on on Thursday this week, Barbara Lee Friedman is going to do a sing-along. We're going to do that via Zoom, so I'll be pushing information out about that. And then on Sundays, I have been doing a COVID special, and I have people from around the world, all ages and stages, talking about how they are adapting to COVID in their lives and in their businesses. Um, Last, I just want to say for you listening, maybe you should be our next guest. Maybe you are ready to have your story told. So reach out to me, and I would be glad to glad to have you join us. Now, first, I'm going to introduce my co-host today, who is Kate Lau. Kate has been living with dementia with FTD uh, for a while now, and she just always has some great insights for us. So welcome, Kate. How are you doing? Doing good, Laurie. Doing great. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, And so let me introduce Dennis, um, who is our guest today. Uh, Dennis Fossetta is a husband of one, a father of four, and a grandfather of six, who who are mostly triplets, he says. (laughs) And he has been employed in a variety of technology jobs in Fortune uh, 50 
groups and startup companies, and he's now the founder of Tempest Rose LLC, and they produce some apps. And we're going to talk today specifically about chronology, and that's K-R-O-N-O-L-O dash G. And um, it's about three years old now, and they just uh, released, uh, they released the website itself, which is a .com in 2017, and the mobile apps are now up and running in 2019. So I'm really excited to talk with Dennis about chronology. Welcome, Dennis. How are you doing? Lori, I am doing very well and so pleased to be able to join you and your guests and Kate today. So thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to to have you with us. I'm going to start um, by asking you if you've been personally touched by dementia in your your circle of friends or family. Uh, Yes, I have. Uh, It's been actually a rather recent uh, experience for us and our family. Um, You know, I won't get into a lot of details about that, but, uh, you know, we have had some experience from sort of friends of friends over the years, but it's gotten a little bit closer to home. So the timing of this call actually is quite interesting. Okay. Well, great. And I I can appreciate uh, where you're at on that that journey. And it's rare for us not to be touched by this at some point in our life. It's just, it's always nice for our listeners to kind of have a little bit of a base. Why don't we start out first by having you tell us about you know, why you created chronology and what is it? Well, thanks for the question. Uh, You know, quite honestly, uh, Tempest Rose was started. I'll go back one further step. Tempest Rose, the the founding organization, probably was created here in the state of Texas, which is where I live, uh, as you mentioned already about three years ago. Um. With this particular tool, I call it in mind, and, and I hope everybody will uh, appreciate and at the same time tolerate what I believe to have been my special uh, clever spelling of chronology here. Obviously, it's built off of uh, the the more commonly expected term of CHRO, etc. Uh, you know, keeping a chronological order of things. Um, but when we went for the uh, the URL reservation. Uh, we landed on this spelling of K-R-O-N-O-L-O-G, chronology. Um, And the reason why we did that initially was because uh, there was a recognized need, we thought, for people to be able to have a better way simply to capture key life events. Think of this as a diary in the cloud or an electronic diary Um, where you can better capture uh, key milestones in your life with photographs, with uh, attached text, um, you know, names of people that were involved, et cetera, so that people can individually look back on these events, uh, learn from them, pass them on to next generations, and just, you know, simply have an easier way to share them. Uh, I know that we my wife and I have about, well, had about four volumes worth of old photographs. And unfortunately, we've moved about 13 times in our lives together. And, uh, you know, a family member gave us an expression years ago, um, a move, three moves 
either equals a fire or some other sort of disaster. And we have a tendency to lose things or damage things. So this is a way to take a lot of those cherished photographs and key events from the past that you want to remember and share and save them electronically uh, with technology and uh, be able to relive those ourselves and share them with other people. So that that's how the company originally got started. Uh, I know also on uh, there was a television program, I think there have been several, where there's sort of a, a curator person and there's a celebrity on the other side of the table and they're going through this old gargantuan black book with old newspaper clippings and photographs and they're they're finding out some interesting things about their past. So it has a little bit of a genealogy uh, bent to it. Uh, but I looked at that and I thought, there's got to be a better way. And so that's what originally gave rise, gave birth to the technology itself. Um, when we started looking at it, though, and deciding what's going to be our target market, what kept coming up uh, based upon feedback from people is, you know, this probably really has a great application to the friends, the family members, the caregivers of those that are in one way or another struggling with some, some memory challenges. So that has actually become our primary and our first target market for the tool chronology. Uh, additionally, beyond that, we, you know, we, we want to make this available to families in general, young families that are going through their lives and are going to be looking forward to a lot of key events from engagements to weddings to birthdays and bar mitzvahs and, you know, all sorts of things like that. First day of school, graduation. But what we've really focused on is the people in this first target market, which is these family members, friends, and caregivers of those that are, again, dealing with some sort of memory limitations or challenges in their life. I'm going to throw it over to um, Kate. And uh, Kate, how have you dealt with your photographs? I know I have like this huge bin in my furnace room that is literally two feet high by three feet long by probably another two feet wide stuffed with, with pictures. When I was, when my kids were younger, you know, I put them in the, the albums and then it, and then I just stopped and it's like, Oh my gosh. Where do you even start with something like that? Are you organized with your pictures, or or are you like me, or somewhere in between? Well, um, I used to be a an avid um, scrapbooker, and so um, they're in scrapbooks. Scrapbooks are very expensive, <laughs> forty, fifty dollars, you know. So um, I took all of pictures, and I had them put in boxes and labeled like my oldest son, Chris, uh, from the time he's born, and you can do it however you want it. So I put A, suppose it's for aspirations, and I have Chris um, in a helicopter in Iraq, and then I've got a picture of Chris when he was about three years old in camouflage uniform um, that I took of him. So... So you see the tie in there. You know, he was little and he was playing army or something. And, and here he is, you know, uh, in a helicopter. And, you know, that it, it just ties in. Um, and then uh, I've done uh, some, I actually did for each one of my children. 
And uh, there's no gift like those scrapbooks. Uh, Philip, my, my third child, he, that is, you know, when somebody comes to the house, the first thing he does is take out the scrapbook and say, here, my mom made this. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? You know, look at this. It says, you know, um, B is for body parts because they, are, they were having, a, they spent the night and then everybody is like lying around and some show their legs, some show their arms, you know, and stuff like that. Yes, um, and uh, the rest I did not scrapbook. I, I thought I would one day, but then when I was diagnosed with STD, I lost my executive skills. So mm-hmm. what happened is uh, I put name on each box, and then uh, I also put designated photographs. Those are the ones that were given to me by my friends of their grandkids, and, uh, you know, my sister's family, um, those will go back to them when I'm gone. Okay, great. So, so Dennis, we've got people like Kate who are much more organized than I am. <laughs> you know, I used to be a scrapbooker, too. And I, and I would make my albums and the whole nine yards. And then after about 10 of them, it was like, oh, this is, just takes up so much room. And so then I started throwing them in a box, and the box would always get a little bit bigger, and now it's in a big plastic rolly bin that I can't even lift. It has to roll. Um, how, how, how do you go about organizing through, through chronology? How would, that, how would that help us? Uh, Lori, let me say, uh, I think that uh, we may have some assistance for Kate. You may be beyond help. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping I know somebody would help me. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, a, that's exactly the idea. You know, when I, when I saw this program on television, I saw these old photographs and, uh, A, just how do we keep them organized so that we can value them personally and in a more effective manner share them with others? Uh, because I, I, my guess is, Kate, as you were saying, when your, I think I heard you say when your son would come in, that he'd love to go to the scrapbook. And of course, we're not trying to replace the physical scrapbook, um, yeah. but what we do want to do is try to complement that. And and so the idea is, um, there's two approaches. One is you could take uh, a box of old photographs. And, and of course, we all know that there are companies out there that will digitize those for you and send that back to you on a, say, a DVD or a USB thumb drive where then you've got those electronically captured. And that helps. That's a big step. But what we do with chronology is you can take photos, for example, with your iPad or with your smartphone. You could take uh, photos of those old photos, taking them out of the box and actually create what we refer to as a milestone. Um, mm-hmm. A milestone then has photographs attached to it, virtually a limitless number. And with that milestone, you can give it a title, a description. There's some icons you can associate with that. If this might be something from a prior business, or if it might be something just very personal to you, or if it might be travel-related, so you can create these subcategories but now what you've got as an end result is you, you've got your box of photos over there in the corner, but now on your computer, on your desktop or laptop, or on your mobile device, 
you can have all these photos in a literally in a chronological order, again, for your own personal use or for sharing with others. Uh, because part of the what the app does and what the website version does is you can invite friends to see your account. Uh, and this is probably a good time for me to interject, although I, and I'll talk about this a little bit more later as time permits. But we focus a lot on privacy. We, we know that people want to capture these things, and maybe maybe you've got an account or individual milestones with your photographs and information about people that were there and the location and maybe what time of year it was, and maybe you've got some other documents that you're attaching to this particular milestone um, that you want to just completely keep to yourself. You can do that. You can set up a privacy flag for that milestone that says, I'm the only one that can view this. Or you can set, I, I use a bit of terminology here, but set a flag, designate for that milestone that your friends that have been already prearranged in the tool can see your milestones. Or you can open it up completely where anybody that ever logs in that just wants to see what other kinds of events people are capturing, they can see those also. And again, so you can do that at, at your account level or at the individual milestone, the individual event. So uh, privacy is, is a, a big deal for us, and I know a lot of people claim that, and a lot of people do a good job with that, but it's certainly something that we keep top of mind so that people can make their choice of what others see and, and what they don't see. But that's, that's really how chronology would come about and work, is to, again, take those photographs from the past, take electronic photos of them, add them to the milestones, but the other thing is, um, if there's an event coming up, let's say you're going to a, a wedding soon, uh, you can actually snap photos right then, say with your smartphone, for example, and when you get home or a day or two later, a bit in a bit more real-time you know, use of the tool, you can then create these milestones and say, hey, yesterday I went to this wedding, here's who got married, here's where we were. Uh, here's who was participating, and then here's a bunch of photos that you have with that. So it's really got two applications. You can go back as far back as one would want to go. I know with my own mother, we've captured some things that happened in the 1940s, you know, and even late 30s when she was just a child. And, and so it's kind of going back and catching up those things, getting them in the tool. But then there's also a more real-time application of this where you can be at an event, and capture some photos uh, and put those into the tool right away. So two approaches. Well, that's wonderful. Um, Kate, did that, does that make sense to you, what, what Dennis is saying? Yes, it does. Um, Dennis, what is the difference between your app and online journaling, uh, online um, oh, scrapbooking? Yeah, Kate, you know, probably not a whole lot. Uh, when you really stand back and look at it, mm -hmm. um, you know the, the thing—the thing that we're trying to do—and uh, look, I, I can't tell you that we're the only—we're obviously not the only uh, tool out there for people to use. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know the way we've gone about it, and the security that we've put into it, the flexibility, and this is a long-term uh, pursuit of mine. So we're constantly looking for ways to enhance chronology. 
mm-hmm. but again, to your question, probably not a, a lot of difference between those two. Uh, again, we've just got our focus is really on keeping literally a chronological view, and, and you can do that in forward order or reverse order if you want to go back and look at some older events, say initially. Um, so it, it's just probably got a few distinguishing characteristics that you may not have in online scrapbooking, but I'd say that they're probably at best very complementary. Well, the reason I ask is um, before I was diagnosed, I, well, I, have a studi- I had a studio. It was actually a shop with a loft upstairs. That's how big it was, and that's how crazy I was about, um, how do you call it, about putting things together. I have to catalog everything, and, and there were people that walked in and asked me if I would do their scrapbook for their mom's anniversary. Mm. And I went like, wait a second, when is this? In two weeks. I said, no, I can't do this. So, and then I thought about it. I said, yes. Two pages of every member of your family, I can do it. But remember, the ink I use is museum quality. Uh, you know, everything is acid-free, and mm-hmm. so it's going to cost. And the album itself is going to cost. I will name the the um, um, the the company I bought the albums from. I will name you know the pens and all the stuff that I needed. And the card stock and what have you. So after we calculated everything, it came to about seven hundred dollars because of my time. I had to work like around the clock for that album because it's a lot of pictures for for a family of how many kids. And I wanted to know what are their favorite colors, what do their moms like, la la la. You know, I actually did a job right. on that and I deserve the seven hundred dollars. <laughs> because I've got to cut I think everything. Ab- I, I think absolutely, absolutely, you you do deserve that kind of uh, uh, compensation for that level of effort. You, you know what? Here's what I'm thinking when you describe all that, Kate. Is there's a lot of art, there's a lot of a lot of artistry in what you were mm-hmm. doing there. You mentioned you mentioned the museum quality paper, the, the particular mm-hmm. ink that you use. Uh, mm-hmm. For me. I've always had partly an artistic bent, but the reality is for the last 40-something years, I've been a technology person. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that there's probably some ways that people that come at it from the physical scrapbooking perspective and have that artistic view and approach that you do can be complementing what what Tempest Rhodes and I are trying to do with the more technology-based um, approach to that and find something over time that blends together very nicely, I would hope. Because I'll, I, you know, on an iPad, I'll probably, I'd probably just say a tablet, I'll probably never be able to recreate the sense of artistry that you put in your physical scrapbooks. But at the same time, my hope is that um, people would be able to take a lot of that information and digitally capture it as well Again, uh, my wife and I have had this experience where we literally lost all of our mm-hmm. photograph albums for the last 35 or 40 years. And, and that just kind of set with me as being another big motivation for why we're using the tool uh, and why we would hope that others would find it useful as well. 
so that you can sort of have that backup. You know, for those that really like the physical scrapbooking, wouldn't want to detract from that at all, but give you a way to back that up uh, digitally so that in a worst-case scenario, if those books were lost or were damaged or just over time, you know, begin to degrade a bit, even with the kind of materials that you're using, uh, you still have this other option if you uh, if you would want it. Sure. And uh, also, I have to be very careful because it's uh, acid-free, you know, uh, cut salt and such and such. I cannot just pick up a piece of newspaper uh, clipping and, and put it in with my photo because then it will, after a while, affect the color of my pictures from the newspaper and uh, it will be faded or turning yellow and such. Well, let's go back to uh, people with dementia um, and start booking. Um, as you know, we, as, we, as we progress in our disease, we forget. We even forget people. We forget our children and such and such. So um, this interests me. Um, what you're saying, but is it possible for uh, clients with early onset dementia to do this program on online? Yeah. Yes? Oh, absolutely. The app is the app is very straightforward, very easy to sign on. You know, you create your account. And by the way, my recommendation is that people would be best served if they did this at the actual website. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things like this, the website versions are usually a little bit more comprehensive, a little bit easier to see on, say, a laptop display. So initially creating your account and maybe doing the first few milestones there, uh, we know that there's a huge, you know, we, we all kind of live with our mobile devices, our phones, our tablets, et cetera. But I think a lot of this is best served using the desktop application. It's completely integrated with the mobile apps and, you know, both directions. Oh. And to make this as, as easy as possible for people to use. So someone that's in early stages, uh, I think absolutely they could start creating this and capturing these things looking back over time. Uh, again, we're very careful to know our place. Uh, as I mentioned in some prior conversations with Lori, we're not going after any sort of a cure. We, we, that's just, you know, I leave that to the medical community, those experts. But along the way, if just like with physical scrapbooks, if we can do something electronically so that people can go back and revisit things from their past, here's an option to do that. And can that then be some enhancement to quality of life? We think so. We hope so. That's a big motivation for why we're doing this. Well, that's the whole um, idea where I'm coming from because of my illness. But it's to remember. So this started way back in, I don't know, um, the late uh, 1900s. And I did my children's uh, scrapbooks. Now, I am not a, um, a, a crafter. A crafter would put feathers and buttons and stuff like that. Mine is strictly chronological and uh, historical. Before, before I was diagnosed, I asked uh, 
coordinator for a certain company that sells me all the things for the physical scrapbook. And I asked her if it would be easier if I do um, online scrapbooking. She waved me off. She said, it's too difficult for you. And I thought, she's known me for years, and if she said, it's too difficult for me, then I would even try it. Because my studio is large. Even right now, I don't know what to do with my things. And I cannot go to my sister's house carrying my, um, you know, um, craft stuff, plus my ink, plus all the pens that I have, brushes, pens, you name it. You know, I, I cannot do that. So I wanted to do a digital scrapbooking. And when she told me how difficult it was, she wouldn't even teach me, but I never did. Uh, so your business, whatever, uh, your app, your tools, uh, might need, but might be more uh, feasible for an activity director in a facility to teach or to go one-on-one with a person with early onset dementia. I would like to and not be able to agree even more. Uh, that, that's been our goal. Of course, right now we're in a little bit of a, a period of time because of COVID-19 where we're not able to have access um, directly with those people. We, you know, we still make phone calls, uh, but I agree with you, uh, Kate. That's where we're trying to introduce this and, and have, that's why I mentioned at the outset, the friends, family members, caregivers, you, you brought up another good uh, subgroup, which is the directors of these facilities that can be introduced to this and, make it available to their residents and their, again, their friends and family members and their staff to be able to help people, not only with the capturing of this information and creating the milestones, which then turns into a timeline of a person's life, um, but also then once it's captured, being able to use it, you know, and go back and, you know, just somebody come in for an afternoon, maybe over a lunch, and say, hey, let's let's just open up your chronology and let's go back and look at things. So there is an element of this which requires some curation, if you will, of uh, of getting the information into the app or into the website so that it can be enjoyed, again, revisited and shared with others at a later date. Um, but to that end, we have we have done our best to make this as as simple and straightforward and intuitive as we can, but, uh, you know, no denying that as a person would progress through their condition, uh, they're going to become more reliant upon others to help keep up with the timeline and keep it enhanced. But uh, once that's done, then, you know, I would think that the individuals, to a large degree, can simply open up the, uh, the tablet or look at something on their smartphone and and just kind of scroll through. Again, there's a scrolling function where you can just swipe the screen left or right and go back as far as you have events captured. Um, honestly, there's even an aspect of this where you can, of course, capture things that are coming up. You know, that could be a medical appointment. Again, it could be some um, social key social event that the person still wants to participate in and is very capable of participating in. And it can serve as a reminder of things coming in the future, as well as having captured events from the past. 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You had a question. Sums of papers because I can't take only five because I never know what which one I need to use when I travel. Right? This is a huge mm-hmm. bag. It's like a suitcase. And then my pens, my accessories, all of that. All I need with your app is to take my tablet or my laptop or my iPhone. So um, that, um, that is very attractive to me because at this point um, I am on a wheelchair sometimes and uh, mm-hmm. it is very hard to, you know, to go through all the papers I have. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds. What color I want, I need pens, brushes. So in, uh, in your app, is there a lot of drag and drop? We don't actually. Uh, that's a that's a very good technology question there, Kate. I think I may get you on my development team. Um, we don't actually use the drag and drop, but for example, um, once you've let's say you've got a photograph from some recent event, and it, it may be just you know a, a paper photograph, but in with your phone or with your tablet or any other sort of digital camera that you can capture that physical image, now have it digitized and saved, and then it's a very easy upload process. It's just a really, uh, uh, in the app, you can say create milestone, there's a button for that, or add mm. to an existing milestone, there's a button for that, uh, much like you would with contact information. Uh, All right, and, and then, then this... and then within a matter of seconds, that that photograph that you just digitally captured is it's created a basic milestone in the Chronology app, which then you can go back later at your convenience and you can add other information about that. Again, what was going on? Give it a title, a description, a location, a time and day, other people that were there. So you can do all sorts of embellishment of that photo. And, and again, you can add multiple photos to that particular milestone. Uh, and yeah, basically all you have to have with you is some way to digitally capture either live events or old photos. And that could be a, a camera. It could be a smartphone, whatever it might be. Uh, and then you're kind of off and running from there. And then what we see is people will, then when they have a bit more time and they've kind of captured the moment, got that into the tool, then they can come back on their laptop and and add any sort of information that they want to enhance that to make it a more meaningful memory when later, which later could be the next day or it could be 30 years from now, that you can go back and look at that event that you captured uh, and kind of relive it or share it with others. But my very big question is um, the color. The color of the background, the embellishment, do you have that in your, in your app? Because I am very, very particular about the background on which I want my photo to be on. Are there colors that I could drag? Or are there colors that I could put? Yeah, the answer right now is no. The, okay. uh, the, website, the website and the mobile applications, again, both on... Uh-huh iOS from Apple Store and Google Play from uh, you know for Android devices. The sure. colors are are fixed. You know we try uh-huh. to go with something which is appealing, but you've just given me a great idea. I'll say thank you now uh, <laughs> that I will speak with the developers about the 
enhancement to let a user uh, customize background colors to their likeness, to their desire. That's a great idea, and we'll look into that. But today, uh, the background is is fixed colors across mm-hmm. the uh, platforms that you can use the tool with. Okay. I will give you back great to you. Dennis, you were addressing Kate's question about um, color and things. Can you highlight that uh, once again? Sure, happy to. Does chronology allow a user to customize the background colors of either the mobile app and or the website? And the fortunate answer today is it doesn't. We've set a kind of a, a corporate color scheme for that which is not adjustable by the users, but it's certainly a reasonable enhancement that I and our development team will go look at. I've made a note of that to see what it would take to be able to do so. So again, it's a great question. It's a great piece of feedback. Um, and we'll go, uh, we'll go take a look at that and see to what degree we can offer users background color customization options. Okay. And what about embellishments? Do you have embellishments that we can use? Again, you know, you're, you're unfortunately dealing with a bunch of tech people who probably don't think that way enough. Uh, but to me, that's just a, a, another version of that question, to what extent could we embellish? Can you give me a few thoughts that you have just briefly about what you would consider to be embellishments that would be helpful in this uh, digital version of a scrapbook? Well, um I have not scrapbooked since my diagnosis, so that's a long time. But even then, I was using, like, Swarovski crystals, you know, and uh, and pearls and stuff like that that I could, you know, that I could put on, um, let's say, my daughter's wedding pictures, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, it will sparkle and shine. And, yeah, you can do that. And then, I, I like I say, I'm not a... Crafter, I'm an artist and I am a uh, historian. So it's chronological, just like what you said. Um, so I don't use a lot of things, but I do cut out and I do stamp a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I use rubber stamping, and uh, I sometimes use um, a rubber stamp, and uh, I use I blocked it. So I can do it in different colors. Yeah, no, that, that's that's very, very helpful. And I think, again, some of that uh, kind of artistic bent uh, for us to be able to add, as opposed to using our standard corporate kind of blue and white, uh, mm-hmm. we will take a look at that and see what we can do to give users the option to, uh, again, kind of personalize, if you will, their account, their timeline, their individual milestones on the timeline. It's a great piece of feedback. I welcome that. And we'll look at that. What about the pieces of paper, Dennis? We have glossy and we've got matte. You know what I mean? To me, that's very important. I am, I'm, I'm not a glossy person. I don't like my pictures to be printed glossy. I want it matte. Uh-huh. And I want my scrapbook okay. pages to be matte. So you have to give people that option, too. And I do not use stickers like they do at the, at the shops. They, put all, they sell all kinds of stickers. Uh, to me, a lot of people love it, but to me, that is kind of tacky. Yeah, and there are a lot of people that do like stickers, and, and they might be simple yeah. things that say "Wow" or "Over the sure. Hill," or I mean, there's like yeah, ten million different 
things, and some of them are just graphic pieces that you could yeah. take in a picture and stuff too. But um, you know, those would be things for them to to think about in the future. Um, we've got yeah. another caller with us, um, so I'm going to pull Craig in. Um, Craig Hankey is also living with dementia. Craig, how are you? I'm doing great today. Wonderful. Do you have any questions for Dennis about the chronology program? Yes, I'm looking at the website um, on my computer now and I was looking at the intro video and I noticed that there's and the one there's a wedding video that was being shown and there's music um, with that. I was wondering is that is the music something you can attach to videos for background music? That's a great question, Craig, and, and pleasure to speak with you, by the way. Thanks for calling in. That particular video was produced by a friend of mine as a introduction to chronology, like what's this all about? Why does chronology exist? Kind of give people uh, a video visibility of that as opposed to just a bunch of words on print. And so it, it has those various mediums of music and the video itself. When you're in the app itself, uh, we have not yet, we've talked about this, but we have not yet added or made the technical preparation for music. And I'll tell you, the same is true for video, ironically. Uh, today, what it captures is still photographs and text. Uh, that text can be input by the user. You can attach, a, say, a PDF or a Word file that might help embellish the memory uh, side of that event. Uh, we've looked at this. There's some technical challenges uh, between iOS users on Apple products and people on the website, and then people that would be Android users uh, having received it from Google. Uh, it's a little bit more complicated in terms of how you handle music files and video files. Do know that we are aware of that, and we're working on that as enhancements to the basic app. In fact, you know, today the basic app is free. But what I'm trying to do is to build up as large a, of a user base as possible. Um, there's some small ads that play uh, in the free version of the app today. They're not too intrusive, I think. Probably in 2021, we'll be looking at introducing a premium version of this that people may want to sign up for that would have a small fee associated with it. We're not sure of that yet, uh, where we can integrate video and music files as well. But at this point in time, uh, that is not a capability that the app has. Okay. And I was looking also at the amount of photos. In fact, I, I was it's interesting that this topic was brought up today because that was, to me anyway, I was looking at um, uh, a product called the Photo Stick and uh, was thinking about purchasing one, but the reviews on it are uh, sketchy because I, I have quite a few photos that I need to, I already have them organized on my computer and as far as dates and that go. But um, so with this program, I'll be able to take those photos that I have on my computer and put them into this chronology that you have. Yes, Craig, that's correct. And, and you know, we've looked at that. I've, I've reached out to some of the companies that are out there commercially available where you can take old photographs or, you know, you can take VHS uh, and and get all this digitized like you have on what sounds to be like a memory stick. Um, and that's a great solution. It really is. I've used it before myself. Uh, the thing that we're trying to do is to give people the ability to 
capture that in a date order where you can kind of see your life as it has progressed from, I mean, literally the time say that you were born till you went into first grade and graduated from high school and all these other major events that we all go through in life, hopefully most of them positive. Um, but listen, not always. I mean, there's, 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 Right, life has its life has its ups and downs as we're kind of all experiencing right now. Um, but the the idea is being able to capture all these key life events in a chronological order, hence the cute name chronology. Um, so you can go back and look at these for your own benefit, your own reliving, and to share them with others. We hear a lot from people that says, you know, I've got all these great photographs, but I really don't have a good way to share them with friends that live across the country or in another part of the world. Well, and, and chronology gives you that capability of, of not only enjoying these historical events in your own life yourself, but also allowing uh, friends that you've agreed with to be able to see your inputs for them to be able to enjoy it as well. We, we were talking okay. earlier, I'm not sure if you were heard this part of the show before, maybe you called in, but we were talking about Lori's box of photographs. And I'm pretty sure we can help her out to take those photographs, digitally capture them, get them loaded up in milestones, which, again, kind of the structure of this is you've got your account, you make these individual milestones, and as you create the milestones with them being associated with a date and a time, then over, over time uh, you've got now a string of these milestones that become your personal timeline. And by the way, it could be an organization's timeline. We, we've joked in the early days of the company about the bowling leagues, you know, where you've got a group of men or women that enjoy bowling, and uh, they want to capture all their 300-point uh, games or, you know, the championships that they won. So it's got a lot of general applications for different individuals or groups of individuals. Um, but, yeah, you can capture all those things, put them in date order, and then be able to share them with everyone or no one. Wonderful. I um I love that idea with the organizations too. We're trying to pull together a um a retirement party for a friend and it's like people are trying to find photos from forty years ago, you know, and, and if there would have been yeah. a category that that would have been really helpful. Well I can't believe this hour has just flown by. I know people are gonna to wanna to know about costs. And also, you know, in order to get them digitally, what's the best way? So if you're a person like me that has a huge box, or even if it's a little box, do you take a picture of your picture with your phone and do it digitally that way? Or do you, you know, make it into a PDF and then load it up and then have to take a JPEG of it? What's the quickest, easiest, and best quality way? And we only, and I want you to be able to, again, mention that cost and then how people can contact you. And we have just under five minutes, Dennis. Okay. All right. Thanks, Lori. Um, the quickest, and I would say the best way right now, is, is just uh, take a digital photo, either with a standalone camera or, as most people are doing these days, with the camera function in their smartphone or tablet. Take that photo. Once you've got it captured in your kind of, file of photos on your device, then it's a real simple uh, transfer from the photo listing, let's say, in your smartphone into the Chronology app. Uh, so that's the quickest way really to do that. Um, okay, and Again, great. you can take photos of old photos or you can take photos of real-time events. Once it's captured, then you can easily and quickly get it into the app. 
uh, at that point then, again, you go in and you, you start setting up some descriptions and maybe a title and who else was there and the date and time, and you're off and running. Uh, from a cost perspective, uh, I mentioned this just a moment ago uh, with Craig's question, uh, chronology is completely free right now. And what's available today will remain a free application. The only thing that you have to endure is at the bottom of the app, there's, there's a small section where uh, there's some ads running, but I, I think I can promise anyone they're not very intrusive, so I don't think there'll be a distraction. Because uh, our goal is right now is to just build up a user base uh, of, you know, thousands of people, if we can, that are enjoying the app, using it, giving us feedback on how we can make it better. One day again, I think there will be a, a pay-to-use version, but that's off in the future a bit. We just want to really get it out there and introduce to people and get that feedback and get started that way. So today it's a completely free app. Again, you can go online at chronology.com or you can go to either the Apple Store or Google Play Store and just download, uh, just search for K-R-O-N-O-L-O-G. Uh, in some of the literature, it's an underscore G, but now everything is, uh, we've, we've got Apple and Google aligned with us for that, that primarily primary spelling, excuse me, of K-R-O-N-O-L-O dash G or hyphen G. And it'll, it'll immediately download to your tablet or your phone. And again, you set up your account and you're off and running. That's absolutely fantastic. Con contacting us, the best thing I could recommend is by email. And that is customer.service at chronology.com. That will come directly to me. And, uh, again, would love to hear people's feedback, take questions, whatever it may be. I would love to set up communications that way. Wonderful. And I want to thank um, Craig and um, Kate uh, both for calling in today. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate your comments so much. And, um, Dennis, thank you so much for your time today. And for those of you um, interested in learning more about Alzheimer's Speaks, just go to alzheimerspeaks.com. That'll give you our, our primary website with all different types of projects and initiatives uh, that we have going to support people living with dementia, families and business professionals, as well as communities. So again, thank you all so much. Have a wonderful week. Bye now. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.